0: Hey guys, just a quick rundown of this episode. I've stretched it out and recorded throughout the week to try to make it one big episode. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. The first part of the episode is going to be really kind of breaking down the groups and talking about my predictions. Again, a lot of these predictions are with my heart. They're not uh, as educated as they should probably be, uh, but um, or probably a good mix of both. Um, So I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. Would love to hear your thoughts as you listen to the episode. Uh, After the group predictions, I do talk about uh, the breakdown of the matchups, and I was pretty accurate in terms of where teams will end up uh, if they would face each other in the knockout stages in the quarterfinals, etc. So listen for that. After that's done, I do cover some did you knows about the World Cup, and then I go on a little rant about the card market for the world cup. So, uh, maybe not a rant, just kind of a, a warning and the, a, a, my thoughts on the card market. So hope you enjoy the episode. Please don't forget to subscribe, follow, uh, the podcast. Also follow me on Instagram. If you're not following me yet at special one cards, I do put up story sales once in a while. Uh, I just did last night, some soccer and some hockey and, um, you know, follow me on whatnot as well. I'm on there occasionally. Not a lot of time. Not not a lot like the other guys, but I do go on there occasionally to break and sell singles. So I look forward to seeing many of you guys, so we can interact a bit more. And don't forget, to send your questions, thoughts, opinions on my predictions. Would love to hear it. And stay tuned. We may be trying to create a group for a challenge. Take care. Enjoy the episode. All right, guys, welcome to a, another episode of Special One Cards. This is going to be kind of a, let's say, f- episode 14A, right? We'll do episode 14B uh, as well this week. So we'll get two podcasts this week. I'm going to do my best to try to include some card knowledge into it, maybe at the end uh, of the second part of this kind of uh, World Cup preview, I should call it, or World Cup predictions. That I'll call it today. I'm going to cover groups A, B, C, and D. Again, I appreciate everybody that does support me, um, listening to each podcast each week. We knew we missed a few weeks here and there, but um, really do appreciate the support. If you are not following me yet on social media, my Instagram is at special one cards. So at special, and then spell the number one out: O N E cards. And uh, again, please review, follow, like my posts, follow, like my subscribe, my, my podcasts. Those all really do help me uh, in terms of getting bumped up and getting more visibility with folks. So, all right, so let's start today. We're going to do kind of a breakdown of group A, B, C, and D, and the second part this week will be of... E F G and H, and if time permits, I'm going to try to incorporate some card data or cards that maybe you should think about purchasing before the World Cup begins, which begins Sunday, or cards to keep your tabs on to take a look at. So, again, uh, you know, I, I want to say I'm going to be right with all my picks, but it doesn't always work that way. Unfortunately, I've been in these games before where things don't always work according to plan and your predictions. But I want to kind of break down each group based on what I see happening, potentially how things could go and some kind of outlooks. There's uh, for certain teams and sometimes there's some surprises, right? I think in this day and age for this World Cup, we have a lot of people calling Serbia a dark horse, but are they really a dark horse? They're really talented. So they'll be covered in the next episode. So today, let's start out with group A. You've got Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and Holland. Qatar is an interesting team. They, obviously being the host country, automatically qualified. Their best player, Akram Afif, I believe he's probably the best player in Asia. Again, I said best player in Asia, not best player from Asia. So the best player currently playing in Asia. Last year, he scored 14 goals at 17 assists in 18 games in the league there. Uh, He's 25 years old. He is a former Villarreal player for those that don't know. I think 2015 or 16, he was at Villarreal. Um, Qatar will be interesting, Uh, obviously home support and how they do, we'll see. Uh, Ecuador, the next uh, team uh, in the group, um, you know, they had a really good qualifying campaign. They scored 27 goals in qualifying. Only Brazil scored more so think about that for a second that's pretty impressive, although they have kind of gone cold in the friendlies over the last six months or so. But Ecuador some notable uh, wins that they had during qualifying Uruguay, Colombia and Chile, and they also drew with Argentina and Brazil, and I didn't really kind of deep dive into that more, but I would imagine those were probably home games where they performed really well uh, and with some success on the road, obviously so um strong theme could be could be threatening right um there um some of their top players include moises caicedo who plays for brighton he's uh 21 years old uh, he's got some stuff in prism and mosaic um from this year's road to qatar and then the world cup prism um and then also another guy i'm kind of looking at is gonzalo plata a winger who's 22 years old he plays in la liga at Valladolid. so two guys to kind of keep your eyes on next team in the group senegal Koulibaly, uh, defender, we all know him, fantastic defender. I consider him to be one of the best in the world. You know, Mayo my, uh, Sané. Sané, unfortunately, did get hurt, but it looks like he is going to come to the World Cup now. The question will be, can Senegal hold on and get some wins while he is, uh, I don't think he's probably going to play the first two games. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he does return. It's a pity that we're losing so many stars for the World Cup. They are actually fortified with Edward Mendy in the back as a goalie, one of the best in the world too, I consider. And then you have some younger guys that are kind of up and coming uh, as Sar and Abulia Dia. Um, Holland is the last team in that group. Uh, Gopko is the guy there, uh, big scorer. Xavi Simons got the call as well, He's, who's been fantastic. They are teammates at PSV. Um, excuse me, that's, that's incorrect. Gopko is a PSV player. Um, Simons you may recall was a former Barcelona and um, PSG player uh, who now is playing in back in the Dutch League uh, he does play for PSV as well um, I don't know I, my mind was kind of stray there um, so that's Holland now Holland for me is an interesting team uh, potentially because, what are their bright spots is usually the, the goalkeeping. And they don't have a particular world-class goalkeeper this time. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, I think in this group, I'm going to kind of go on a limb here. Not a, really on a limb, but I'm going to say Holland is going to come out of this group. Again, Holland is coached, very well coached by legendary Louis van Gaal. Um, so I'm going to go with Holland coming in first. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Ecuador may surprise Senegal. If Ecuador can get some early points, maybe from our first game or the second point or second game, excuse me, um, they could potentially finish in second. So I am actually uh, going to go with Ecuador here to come in second in the group. I just feel like Senegal losing Mane loses some of their offensive punch. But again, in these international tournaments, we have seen teams draw all their games in their group stages Uh the perfect example would be Portugal, who ended up winning the 2016 Euros. They drew all their games in the group stage and then ended up winning the whole tournament. So that's Group A. Love to know your thoughts on, on that and the rest of the ones we're going to cover as well. Um, please feel free to comment. Group A is England, Iran, the United States of America, and Wales. So England, we all know too well, a finalist in the Euros uh, with Italy. Uh, at home, they lost uh, and um, a shame they lost, right? They kept saying it's coming home, it's coming home, and it never came home. It actually went to Italy and went all the way on its way to Rome. So they'll be interesting to see uh, what England does. I think their success is going to hinge on Harry Kane scoring goals and Jude Bellingham and how he uh, matures that is not his first, but is uh, kind of the first time he'll really be. An important cog for for a team that needs that strength in that midfield um, for England. I think England goes as far as Drew Bellingham as well as he plays. Uh, they have some players. I think they are weak uh, de- defending and I think a lot of teams in this tournament have a lot of weak defending. So we'll see. We could potentially have World Cup with a lot of goals uh, being scored. So we'll see how they do. Iran, uh, Iran, I think, is a dangerous team. They are coached by Carlos Queiroz, not his first rodeo to, at, at Iran. He is the legendary Portuguese coach who coached Portugal to two Youth World Cup titles, uh, former right-hand man to Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. They are led by Tadami Porto, who's having a phenomenal year at Porto, great goal scorer, really a really good story uh, from him coming up the portuguese league and developing into a world-class talent i think he's really good could present some problems for some of the teams in the group the united states we all know the united states Weston of McKinney, christian pulisic giovanni reina a lot of good players here my kind of guys are if Reyna can be healthy i think he's as talented as anybody in the world in his position to influence a game, but the guy I'm really going to watch out for here, and you may want to start to look at his cards. Uh, I think they're relatively cheap uh, for what he is as an American player. Is 19 year old, Eunice Musa, a fantastic player. I know Downtown saw cards. Jeremy talked about him last week on our episode. I think he's got a lot of upside for the long term and for the short term. If you're into that, um, but Musa is going to be a fantastic player to watch. Uh, he's got mosaic. He's got a rated rookie, as well. So take a look at his cards. And then finally, Wales. Uh, Wales, as we know, led by Gareth Bale, who is gonna be uh, kind of at the tail end of his career, but he always shows up for these big games uh, or these tournaments and and big moments really excels. So we'll see how they do at this uh, World Cup. Um, They are also, they've got some other excellent players. Um, So when you talk about um, Wales, you talk about Daniel James, uh, another forward that plays a Fulham. You talk about um, Brendan Johnson, who's at Nottingham Forest, a uh, pretty talented player as well. So we'll see what happens with them. I think they could potentially make some noise as well. Aaron Ramsey's there is playing in Nice in France now, kind of at the tail end of his career. So for this group, it's really interesting to see here. Um, you know, I hate to say it, I don't think the U.S. is going to come out of this. I think that game with Iran is going to be, a real, a real tough game for them as long, as well as Wales and England, but I think that defining moment for the US is they have to beat Iran, and I'm not sure they can do that. Uh, we'll see a game like that with a lot of political kind of uh, undertones and uh, motivation could cause uh, kind of a setback. So, you know, in this group, I think England's going to have enough to get through. I think it's going to be really tough um, for England. It's not going to be easy. But I think they will get through. I think they win the group. And then I'm going to shock everybody. And I'm going to say that Iran is going to come out of this group as well. I just think Tarami could present a lot of problems for people. But again, uh, I think this group, the second spot, is really up for grabs for anybody. England also could play down to their opponents. And they could maybe not even make it as well. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to go with England and Iran here. I think they potentially... um, get through on the backs of tarami and the experience from carlos quedas and coaching as well so group c argentina saudi arabia mexico and poland pretty good group that's been set up for Lionel messi and company to succeed uh, i think argentina really uh, and then both of these guys are kind of at the tail end of their careers Messi, you know is performing at a really high level right now incredible player coming to determine in great form so obviously could have a big impact. But I think Argentina really does tick with uh Angel Di Maria. I think Di Maria has been a big big part of that team. And maybe they actually would have won the World Cup um was that twenty fourteen or twenty ten. Can't remember now. Di Maria gets hurt, can't play, uh probably the player of the tournament um at that tournament. And you know I think their success will depend on him you know you have julian alvarez who's a new player i think people are expecting way too much out of him he may not even start for them so we'll see what happens there saudi arabia not much is known about them we saw them draw with the us so maybe they are respectable and we should respect them in this uh, mexico another kind of solid team with a lot of good history a uh, lot of excellent players that play really well uh in poland obviously led by rob I think is gonna win the group pretty easily. I think they win uh, all three games. Uh, maybe they draw one game with Mexico or Poland, but I think Argentina does qualify in the first spot there. And then I'm gonna say that uh, Poland is gonna get through as a second spot led by Rob Lewandowski so he can show the world exactly how good he is. Uh, not to say that he isn't good, but I think on the national stage, we haven't seen that yet. With um, Group D, you have France, Denmark, Australia, and Tunisia. Kind of an interesting group, um, based on uh, some of the things that have come out in terms of the the injuries we've seen um, for the World Cup. France has kind of been the one that's been devastated the most. Now Christopher Nkoku's out, N'Golo Kante's out, Paul Pogba's out. So France is gonna really need to rely on Benzema and Mbappe to really, uh, score a ton of goals, put games out of reach. Uh, I think that's going to be really difficult and uh, really high expectation to make of those players. Now, their midfield's got some young players like Kamavinga, uh that could potentially uh, speed up their maturity, right, in a tournament of this size. Uh, you just don't know. Denmark, led by Christian Eriksen, obviously. I like Damsgaard a lot, too, on that team. I think he's going to show up at the World Cup as kind of a rising superstar that people need to keep their eyes on. Um, Tunisia, interesting. Tunisia, they've got uh, Hannibal there from uh, Manchester United, who has been very good this year um, on loan in the championship, English championship, I think he's playing. So Tunisia could be a dangerous team. And last but not least, Australia is in that group as well. They have a bright young star. I'm not sure how much he's gonna play in the World Cup. Uh, You may not know him. And unfortunately, I don't think he's got a card in um, Prism this year. Uh, Garang Kuo, Australian uh, footballer who plays, uh, he's a forward. He plays for the Central Coast uh, Mariners. He's got um, two goals, two assists in four games in the A-League in Australia. I know there's been some rumblings of a potential move to Europe for him. So we'll see what happens if he gets in. He's an exciting prospect uh, for people to keep their tabs on, but I'm pretty sure they didn't make a prison card for him. Uh, I think he was one of those French players that they weren't sure if they were gonna get in to the World Cup roster. So, all right, who wins this group? I have to say that I think the winner of this group is probably gonna be Denmark. Uh, just based on France's injuries, I'm not sure if you can really depend on, you know, at times you can depend on Benzema and Mbappe to provide all the goal scoring that you can. But if you can't defend and if you can't build the play up from the midfield, as France likes to do, um, I think they're going to have problems. Uh, so I think Denmark wins the group. And I would not be surprised if France doesn't even come out of this group. But ultimately, I think they do. They will come out on second rarely, and they'll probably need some help. When that happens, uh, I think it's going to come down to kind of a pressure packed type of um, situation where they need a draw or or a win to advance. So uh, that's going to be exciting to to watch in in terms of what's going to happen with those. So those are my ABCD picks. So group A, I have Holland and Ecuador coming out. I think Holland wins the group. in ecuador and i keep bouncing between ecuador and senegal but i think senegal losing Mane for one to two games is going to hurt them group b i have england and iran coming out of that game i think tarami is dangerous if iran does not come out it'll probably be wales and then uh group c argentina and poland coming out of that group and then in d i have denmark and france coming out so interested to know your thoughts on a b c and d uh, again uh, i'll cover some of the cards as we finish up the predictions for the the group phases. So um I'm going to stop recording this piece and I'm going to start and I just realized that I got about 17 minutes of 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 sound. So I'm going to add the um EFGH uh to this episode so that we only have one episode so I don't have to like kind of kill you guys with two different episodes. So stay stay tuned here. I'm going to bump up the second up the second part of the episode into this and uh we'll do the group uh predictions and then we'll look at some cards as well to think about. All right, second part of the episode. I thought I was gonna have to make two different episodes for this, but I don't need to do that. I think I can include all of them to one. Uh, Basically, again, I'm continuing to go over each group with my predictions for the World Cup, um, for you to kind of follow and see how I do. I'm probably gonna do horrible. Uh, You just don't know. With these tournaments, you do need a little luck. Obviously, skill does help, obviously, in terms of uh, how well your team plays, but there is a lot of skill involved. And sometimes when you think about past winners of the World Cups, you look at their rosters and you say, "Well, that wasn't necessarily their best players." So you have to consider this: that sometimes teams in the World Cup will build teams based on the playability or the style that they anticipate they play, anticipate to play in particular games at the World Cup. So it isn't always necessarily the best player at that position that they have from that country. But sometimes it's the best player for that team environment. So consider that when you're looking at the World Cup and making your predictions and your thoughts. And again, I want to hear your thoughts. I'm going to try to post these up on my Insta as well, kind of so I can hold myself accountable to this. So Group E, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan. Really, uh, I think this group is dynamic. Uh, I think the, the groups in the second half of the brackets are stronger than the first half. What I mean by that, I think... Groups E, F, G, H really present a crazy amount of uh, really good teams. I think every single group has potentially three teams that could pass through uh, each of the uh, the groups, right? So with E, uh, Spain, uh, as we all know, very talented, a lot of really good young players, Pedri, Gavi, Ferran, Torres, um, just a lot of really young, good talent that can play. And now the question for them is, who's going to score their goals? You know, uh, everyone's always talked about Ferran Torres being that guy, but he barely plays at uh, Barcelona as it is on top of it. You know, a lot of people do make fun of Alvaro Morata. He's moved around from Juve to atletico to real but he's got a really good goal scoring record with the national team and he's always done really well for spain so i think he's going to be the guy uh, again that's going to be there he's not um you know uh fernando torres he's not um um man my my brain is kind of all these players in my head um so you know you got to think about um spain having a shot here to get out of the group uh, especially the style they play where they can slow the game down and really break down opponents so you got to watch for that personally for me i'm going to see how pedri and Gavi do at their kind of first world cup uh and we'll talk more about the cards at the end of the episode um and my perspective on the outlook for cards for the world cup costa rica always kind of a mainstay at the world cup now Excellent team. Um, I don't think they're going to make much noise in this group. It's going to be tough for them. Germany, uh, led by a bunch of youth, uh, will be very good. They have some experienced players, too, uh, as well. So they could potentially pose a, pose a huge problem for for teams in the group. And then Japan, we saw to the U.S., they really broke them down. Uh, they're quick. They're technical. They can play uh, with anybody in the world. I really feel that. Uh, they are coached by a former... Um, Excuse me, that's the wrong team. I was thinking of South Korea, but I'll get into that later. Uh, So Japan could be uh, a very uh, good surprise at the World Cup. But ultimately, I think Germany and Spain advance. I think Germany wins the group here. I think they'll show their German efficiency. They'll score goals. They'll have a good time doing it, and they'll advance through Spain. Should win. I can see Spain winning um, two of three games, or maybe even winning one and drawing two. Uh, So I think they get through. Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Now, this group is a really tough one um, to kind of break down and say who's going to come out of this group. For me, uh, you know, Belgium is strong. They're coming off uh, kind of their tail end of their golden generation. They They still do have one of the best, if not best, midfielders in the world, Kevin De Bruyne, who can run that operation really well. Lukaku is still kind of injured, which worries me. Uh, it worries me for Belgium that they potentially may not have their goal scorer there. Um, he is going to attend, but we all know when players go get to the World Cup injured, they don't perform at the top level. So I think this could be a tough, tough uh, World Cup for Belgium uh, based on that. Morocco, um, another team that in the past has not qualified for World, World Cup, but they have some talented players. They have some quick technical player players Hakimi plays for them uh it's kind of their superstar so they could make some noise and then lastly uh excuse me you have we have two more teams Croatia Luka Modric uh gotta watch him obviously um Parasic I think he's on the roster too you got some young guys like Susic uh will, that will be on the roster they have a good team as well and again but they're coming off that transition where a lot of the younger guys are coming in the older guys are kind of on their way uh out of uh, football, international football, club football, whatever the case may be. So we'll see how they do. And then lastly, Canada, kind of the upstart um, to me, the best team in the America in the North American region is Canada, led by Jonathan David on the front lines. You have Steven Iustacchio, I- who plays for Porto, who's been fantastic, great story as well. Um, who started at Chaves uh, in the Portuguese league. He's worked his way up and he's a top player in that league now. So, uh, and then, you know, Alfonso Davies, what do we need to say about him? Canada is loaded. People don't understand how good they are. So here is my feeling on Group F. I think I'm going to shock some people here. I'm going to say that uh, we're going to see Canada and Croatia come out of the group. I think Lukaku being injured is going to hurt. belgium uh, if he's not 100 i think i'm not sure if belgium can operate the system that they want although you never know eden hazard if he decides to really play um but we know his injury kind of hurt him uh as we've seen at real madrid he's never really transitioned that player with that major injury he had so um so i'm gonna say i'm gonna actually go on a limb here i'm gonna say canada is gonna win this group i think they are talented enough to do this they're young um, they're motivated they're ready to go They're sick and tired of their neighbors to the South getting all the spotlight when they're the best team in North America. So I'm going to say Canada wins the group Croatia finishes second. um, In that group. Group G uh, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon uh, really uh, again another loaded group. Uh, Serbia is a team that everybody's calling the dark horses here. I don't call them dark horses. They have plenty of talent and uh, players on that team that are capable of winning games um you know they forced portugal to go to a playoff due to a controversial non-goal call that ronaldo had scored which was i feel was a goal and everyone will tell you was a goal which would have automatically qualified portugal and serbia may not may be on the outside looking in but that's neither here nor there they are in the world cup they are talented uh led by dusan vlahovic they have Tadic. they have mitrovic uh they just have and i talked about a little bit about ivan on. Uh, Instagram this week, I posted up stuff about his card. Potentially could be a breakout star for them. Um, So, and then Brazil. Brazil, we all know Brazil. Loaded talent-wise, up front, plenty of goal-scoring ability. Um, You know, look at, they have so much talent from the midfield on up. Um, Actually, the forward line, I think, is where all the talent lies. I think when you start to look at Brazil uh, in the back, of the midfield, and in the defense, I see a lack of depth, and I can potentially see some problems created by their teams um, attacking those players, so we'll see what happens, um, so Brazil's there too, Switzerland, uh, another kind of uh, feel-good story, they always play well at international tournaments, they're well-coached, they're uh, technical players, they have Switzerland's, uh, one of the things about Switzerland. Is they have a lot of players that are from different countries, but they have swiss citizenship uh, where they have been welcomed with open arms to participate in those games um and they should also be a very tough team in this group cameroon as well uh, another african team in the tournament that should present some problems for for some people quickness um fast um, counter-attacking team that could provide some excitement but when it's all said and done i do think uh, Brazil and Serbia will battle it out. I think Switzerland's probably going to battle it out. I think Switzerland may uh, potentially draw with Serbia, which could cause a, a potential Switzerland Serbia um, game of that will be of huge importance. So. Um, and then we talk about goal differential and head-to-head record and the tiebreakers and those things and whatnot. So, I think Brazil wins the group. I think I'm wins kind of on that. And then Serbia, I think, will come in second. They'll come do and they'll advance based on the fact that uh, Dusan will be leading them uh, along with Hadic and uh, Mitrovic and and all the other guys that they have. They have a lot of talent. I really think Serbia could do make some noise at the World Cup. I don't consider them a dark horse, though. Anyways. Group H, Uh, fun fact about Group H. Last three World Cup winners have come out of Group H. So 2010, Italy, 2014, Germany, 2018, France. Does the next World Cup winner come out of Group H? I'm not sure. I actually hope so. You guys know I'm biased towards Portugal, so Portugal being my squad. Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. South Korea is actually led by the former Portuguese coach before Fernando Santos had taken over, Paulo Bento. young uh, son, we all know about him and the talent he has. Hopefully he's back at the World Cup. He has uh, faced an injury uh, that could potentially hurt him. Um, and I don't think he's gonna miss any games, but I think he's gonna be there. So hopefully it doesn't impact him missing games and he, he plays ghana another exciting team i profiled a few players of theirs um leading up on instagram i think i did one or two uh, of their players Uh, another really good african team coming out of africa with uh potentially really quick explosive players uh that can hurt people on counter-attacks and then uruguay uruguay a loaded team darwin nunez um edson Cavani, luis suarez are kind of at the end of their careers but i still think they can make an impact In those games and these are guys that haven't seen a lot of playing time um as of late uh so they could be well rested ready to go and in some cases sometimes that does hurt players i just don't think it'll hurt with them they also have who i now consider probably a top four midfielder in the world in federico valverde who scored all of his goals outside the box this year for real madrid he's been incredible uh so uruguay um i think we'll have a really good world cup i think uh The problem with them is I think they're four years away. I think in 26, Uruguay will be top three favorite to win the World Cup based on their roster, their age of those players maturing. I think they will be um, one to watch out for at that point in time. And then lastly, my Portugal. What what else am I going to say about Portugal? Ronaldo had that really kind of disturbing Pierce Morgan interview. Uh, And what many people don't know is Pierce Morgan and Ronaldo are good friends. Even though Pierce Morgan is an Arsenal fan, I think this may have been kind of a... Um, hard to explain, but I'm kind of shocked that Ronaldo put this interview out at this point in time. It made no sense. Obviously, he wants out of United. I'm not sure this was a good move by him, technically. That's stuff you can address with the club and face-to-face, not on an interview. I just hope it doesn't take away the focus from the Portuguese national team. And if it does, Fernando Santos needs to make the decision that Listen, you're not going to start. You're going to come off the bench like you do at United. So um, Ronaldo has looked good at times for United when he's played uh, this year, and at times he's looked not even in the game. So we'll see what happens. I'm really excited for Rafael Leão, obviously. I'm excited for João Felix to really have a shot here. Hopefully they both start and we see some excitement. Um, you could potentially have a you know, a front four um of leon felix ronaldo and bernardo Silva would be incredible with with i would say felix in that kind of center forward spot or right behind ronaldo might be a good spot for him so we'll see what happens um with portugal uh some exciting young players antonio silva 18 year old benfica central defender i don't think he starts he may start who knows we'll see how the first game goes portugal tends to not play well in first games we know this so we've seen it we've seen i've been through these disappointments many times so we have to watch out for that uh, where Fernando Santos has the gall to make the change that need in a second game if they have a tough first game. And then you also have Nuno Mendes, who can play anywhere on the pitch. I don't care where you put him. If I was a coach, I could put him anywhere, wherever I needed, and he would perform. Um, ultimately, I think Portugal wins this group. Uh, I hope uh, they probably come out really flat in the first game. We'll see. Uh, Uruguay uh, will finish second uh, in advance as well. For me, obviously, I'm Portuguese, so I'm rooting for Portugal. I'm rooting for the U.S. as well. Um, Portugal's just been interesting. to see. They have as much talent as anybody in the world that can really perform. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think they're going to miss Renato Sanchez. I'm surprised he wasn't called to the team. I wish he was. He brings that extra energy for uh, the Portugal squad. We start at the Euros when they won uh, and what he can do, what he's capable of in terms of driving the team forward to score and create dangerous opportunities. So um, watch out for uh, Portugal. You know They're going to be one of my teams that I'm obviously rooting for for a good reason. Uh, And we'll dive into the cards um, after this. And I want to kind of do a breakdown of where these teams end up, what matchups could potentially happen after my predictions. All right. So now that we've done kind of a group uh, prediction or preview that I had, um, and again, a lot of this stuff that I'm predicting here probably ain't going to happen. But for me, it's kind of fun to do this and uh, to, to set some different uh parameters for myself right i have my heart into this too as well and i really like some of the matchups that i'm kind of uh seeing that could develop after my predictions in the group phase so first game would be in the round of 16 would be the netherlands versus iran i would uh take netherlands to win that game we would then have a mega matchup of argentina france argentina would advance there i just don't think france is going to have the depth to advance further We then would have a Germany-Croatia game, which would be an interesting one. We kind of had the old guard and the new guard um, in terms of Croatia, a little older team, Germany being a a little younger team with some of the young talent they have. Uh, I would take Germany to win there. We then have a great uh, South American kind of derby, Brazil-Uruguay, Brazil advances in that moment. The next thing would be England-Ecuador, and I really wanna take Ecuador here because I think they can actually beat England. But I'm going to go with England here to to advance by the slimmest of margins. Denmark-Poland. I'm going to take Denmark to advance in that game. We then have Canada-Spain. I'm going to be taking Canada here. I think the matchup there is really interesting for Canada. And I think they could really turn some heads. Um, So I like Canada here. I think they're strong uh, and just not as overhyped as the American team. I really think they can do well here. And then finally, a rematch of a qualifying game. Portugal and Serbia, Portugal takes it down. Obviously, I'm going with my heart here, uh, which is sometimes my Achilles heel. So we would then go to the quarterfinals. We'd see the Netherlands-Argentina matchup. I would suspect Argentina wins that game. We then see a Germany-Brazil game, which would be a crazy game. And i like Germany to win that game. They are a machine, obviously. So I'm going to take Germany versus Brazil. I have been saying that Brazil is not going to get past the quarters. Uh, and I really don't think so. This is in the quarterfinal rounds. England, Denmark. uh, I I like Denmark here to win. I just think England is, I don't know, I think they're just overhyped. I mean, you look at their 06 World Cup team, a better team than this team, in my opinion. And then finally, we have a really another interesting matchup, Canada, Portugal, Canada. Toronto's got a lot of Portuguese immigrants, expats living there. So their hearts will be torn but i suspect portugal will advance into the final for the semi-finals with the actual name we would have a matchup of argentina germany and a denmark portugal game so in the first game i would take argentina to win there and i'm going here here i'm going with my heart um, in terms of what i'd like to see happen so Uh, Argentina wins that game and a great game, uh, comes down to, I think, extra time and Argentina wins the game and then Portugal, Denmark, Portugal beats Denmark on PKs and they go to the finals and we get, what we all want, which is a Portugal, Argentina, Messi versus Ronaldo. And then finally Portugal takes it down for their worst first world cup victory. And, uh, Ronaldo can walk away from the sport happy, whether it be for man United or for whomever he can walk away and be ready to go so there you have it guys thoughts questions would love to hear them feedback whatever the case may be we're going to do a little piece on cards too as well as part of this episode to kind of talk a little bit more about the cards what to expect what to happen what not to expect and in a word to the wise okay all right, guys, appreciate you guys listening to this episode thus far uh, on my group's breakdown. Wanted to kind of um, do a little something different here towards the end of the episode. Wanted to kind of give you guys some, I do a little research. I want to give you guys some facts you may not know about the World Cup. Um, there's probably about, let's say, 10 or 12 I'm going to talk about here. Uh, just, you know, something interesting that I thought was interesting for you guys to kind of... Um, think about or even say, wow, I didn't know that. All right, so here's a really good one. So um, so when, when Ronaldo and Messi have advanced uh, past the group stages, they have never, neither have ever scored in the next game. So in the knockout stage, neither player has ever scored a goal in the World Cup. Interesting. Um, no uh, national team has ever won the World Cup with a foreign coach. That is really kind of I'm, mind-boggling to me. So every team that has won the World Cup has won with a coach from their respective country. Really interesting fact. Um, the largest attendance for World Cup was in 1950 when Brazil met Uruguay in the final. It had 173,850 people in attendance. That's crazy uh in 1950 uh india qualified for the world cup but they decided not to go because fifa would not let them play without shoes india wanted to play the world cup without shoes on which is really strange to me but hey it is what it is some cultures do things differently and that's what they chose to do so that's kind of interesting uh the game with the most uh cards Uh, And you guys may recall this game was in 2006 between Holland and my Portuguese national team. We had 16 yellow cards and four red cards. Uh, That was Holland-Portugal in 2006. I believe that was in the quarterfinals, uh, that game. Uh, It was right after Portugal beat England. Um, Yeah, so 16 yellows and four red cards. Unbelievable. Unbelievable fastest goal ever scored um was uh hakan suker who played for turkey took him 11 seconds it was against south korea in 2002. in uh 21 finals appearances there's only been two um there's only been two occasions where there hasn't been a european team in the finals that is kind of wild so 21 total finals right only two times we have not seen a european team in the finals and that was in 1930 and in 1950. youngest goal scorer ever you probably know this one in a world cup was pele he was 17 years old and 239 days so 17 and 239 days old really young so that's kind of a did you know piece for you guys to think about um i just thought that stuff was interesting hope you guys enjoyed that piece of this all right guys hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode it's been recorded throughout the week today is thursday so i'm trying to wrap my head around the rest of this to kind of get it posted for you guys but i wanted to touch on a few things before i upload this episode um again many thanks to all of you who have listened and continue to support this podcast it's really a lot of fun to do no guests this week, maybe we will have a guest next week to kind of start and look at what we've seen so far at the World Cup might be a fun kind of experiment. I wanted to touch really quickly on Ronaldo in that uh, that interview that's come out with Pierce Morgan. I'm not sure if many of you know, Ronaldo is good friends with Pierce Morgan. Uh, so I'm not sure if Pierce Morgan is looking for uh, ratings uh, boost or what it is, uh, and by no means it does, does that excuse Ronaldo from. What he has done so i'm not going to advocate for ronaldo here even though i am a ronaldo fan i'm hoping that this does not create a distraction at the world cup uh primarily for portugal because if it does i think fernando santos has got to make the move and say listen you can't play you're a distraction to the team and um it is what it is but i don't think that's going to happen unfortunately now got a shout out um 416 cards uh this morning um let me make sure i got his name right here because um he posted something interesting this this morning uh 442 excuse me underscore soccer cards he posted an interesting point that was made by somebody and it looks like it probably was a uh, a facebook post all right so here's the facebook post i'm going to read it for word for word for three straight years one of the greatest tacticians of all time exposed the problems of the manchester united structure but people didn't listen Now a couple years later the greatest player of all time is doing the same perhaps it's time to start listening so i have different feelings on this i can understand that observation i can also understand the other side of that has nothing to do with uh uh united or somebody's unsuccessful attempts at being united that for those that don't know that was Mourinho. I'm, i'm speaking about who at the time as a manager granted he didn't do in the way that ronaldo did it um you know Mourinho was always professional about it obviously but you know i can't really advocate for ronaldo here i think this is wrong timing it's in poor taste uh it's just a distraction uh but again we don't know if this is a ronaldo play for motivation i gotta fix the slate if it's a ronaldo play for motivation so that he gets criticized from fans, from whomever, right, um, to motivate him further at the World Cup. And I'm not sure if that's a good ploy, because I don't think he needs any other extra motivation at this point. He's done so much for football. He's won almost everything, but he hasn't won a World Cup. So, you know, if he wins a World Cup, then it worked, right? Um, I just don't, I think it's in poor taste what he did with the interview at this time, being a player that's under contract, etc. cetera. So, and again, he followed his heart. He followed Sir Alex's kind of phone call. To go back to united that was his choice he didn't have to make that choice but he did was it a good choice at the time yes it was last season now with um eric tenhang it hasn't proven to be that there is rift there i'm not sure that relationship started appropriately as it was as ronaldo didn't show up early and there's different reasons they say it's a personal reason we all all forget also that um Ronaldo went through a death uh, in his family. He had an infant child die uh, this past year uh, at birth. Um, and I'm sure that's weighed heavy on him, and I'm not making excuses for him, but you have to give the man a little leeway in terms of that, and that could be, and I've kind of noticed that behavior after that whole situation has happened, has really kind of impacted his, uh, what he says and how he acts, those types of things. So, um, I'm trying to be neutral here because i do have a favoritism towards ronaldo but i don't agree with what he said here um you know in terms of bearing united and and talking about their their structure their facilities those types of things so but that's just a quick spiel on me i'm hoping that it helps motivate him further because people will doubt him they'll tell him he's washed up they'll tell him he's done he can't play anymore etc so we'll see what happens the world cup that's really kind of my um my point there and i don't want to be too too harsh on him um but at the same time you have to go back and and think about you know uh Mourinho at the time said the same thing not in so many words not the way ronaldo did it but he did um and Mourinho's has proven right uh he just he, he has been right so but we'll move from that subject as that's kind of a negative subject right and i try to be positive all the time all right so World Cup we're always talking about cards opportunities um, I don't want to go into a deep dive too much on on what cards to buy or what you should look at or what you should buy what you shouldn't buy um, I'm gonna talk about myself personally all right so I picked up this week I picked up uh, or last week and I finally got her a Eunice Musa um, rated rookie. It was listed as a gold circle the card is gold the lettering is gold so i don't know if that's actually what it is and i paid eight bucks for it i found a really good deal for the card so i got lucky i'm going to grade it because i think it's a long-term play for me it's not really a flip game for me it's more of a let's grade this um keep it put it away for 2026 he's only 19 years old he's an excellent player and i can just see him being a, a good player for the united states so that's a pickup I've had this week uh, in terms of Royal Cup cards. I am continually like looking for more Raphael and you know, Leon red tickets. Um, you know, I sold a PSA nine of it, I do have a 10 of it. Um, so I sold a PSA nine to somebody who has bought from me before at a decent price. And I try to do that occasionally to help the hobby, right? To get, get some cards into people's hands that they can get at affordable rates, at a good price. I'm not here to get rich off this. It's just not who I am um but you know i would look at liao obviously i've talked about him at nauseam obviously um mbappe too although i'm kind of worried in terms of mbappe and his team's depth like i said now they lost in koku um does that negatively impact mbappe i don't think so does it positively impact him? it could be he could put the team on his back and do it and really be impressive and show the world that you know i am the best player in the world so we'll see what happens there Brazil has a lot of opportunities, a lot of players there that could potentially be um, moment uh, grabbers at the World Cup, right? You have Anthony, you have um, Martinelli, you have Neymar, right? He's the big one, probably his last World Cup from from the sounds of it. So there are opportunities there. Serbia's got opportunities. Vlahovic is a guy that I look at. Uruguay's got Valverde, they've got Cavani, they've got Darwin Nunez, Luis Suarez, and those guys, some of those guys are at the end of their careers. So it could be kind of a nostalgic play where you hold it for further on down the line as we've seen um legends from the game uh obviously don't get the respect uh they they need kind of in today's market i think eventually you will see that that'll happen um we'll just have to wait and see uh, i really believe that that could be a potential opportunity there's some guys here at their last world cups where you could potentially have some really nice pieces to hold on to whether it's our last prism card or the last world cup sticker right stickers do tend to translate over time to some value that could be even first year world sticker world cup stickers right like i've got a few bellingham's i sent into grade i have his like his base sticker a red one that i sent into grade i just want those graded i want them in slabs and at that price point right now fifteen dollars why not although those got sent in at eighteen dollars so it's unfortunate for me i could have saved three bucks it is what it is um Canada uh Jonathan David obviously is a good play I think uh he could uh, announce his presence to the world at that point it's too bad he didn't play for the U.S. he was born in Brooklyn um Steven is, is Stachio, who plays for Canada as well another player that's really playing really well for Porto um another guy Alfonso Davies uh, is there he's already cemented himself in the hobby as one of or maybe the best left back in the world Spain, you have a bunch of different players. Pedri, Gavi, pick your poison. Ferran Torres, um, if he can score at the World Cup, right? Germany's got Musiala. He's really expensive right now. Although you can find some deals if you look hard enough. You can find some deals for Musiala. Makoku, too, on Germany, right? He's only 17. Whether he gets to play at the World Cup, I don't know. If he comes off the bench and they need a goal, maybe he does. You know, becomes tries to become the youngest goal scorer in the world. And I haven't done that math yet. Uh, But he potentially could be uh, that guy. So there are opportunities. Um, Other teams, you know, Argentina's got uh, Julian Alvarez, uh, although I'm not sure he's going to start. So I would be tread carefully on his stuff from Prism. I'm not sure he's going to start quite at the group stage. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I'm not the coach, so uh, I'm not sure. But, you know, Messi's there, so he's an opportunity, right? Uh, Potentially his last World Cup. Lewandowski for Poland. And you're kind of hearing these names and you're saying, well, that's a lot of established guys already, right? Uh, there are some that aren't established completely. You know, you look at guys at their first World Cup, like Cody Gapko for for Holland and Xavi Simons, right? Guys that could potentially make an impact. So I think you have to be disciplined in what you choose, whether it's you go the veteran route or the kind of first World Cup route, or you mix and match both. But the most important thing, guys, here is to think about the fun you have doing it not the value of something later on, not um, can I flip this during the World Cup, not, you know, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of being conservative and enjoying myself uh, while I do this. Obviously, we all want to make money, uh, but I do firmly believe that these are more long-term plays. When we talk about World Cup, they're only every four years. So that's something to think about. Um, You may, you know, want some prism right away. I still think there's room for that product to drop in price. I'm not sure we'll see what happens I mean we have a we have a case of Merlin Chrome still uh, to break I'm not going to break it until after the World Cup I just don't see the value in me doing that right now uh we got it at a good price so after the World Cup that's going to be broken uh, you know at that point in time there may be cards in there that potentially represent higher values uh, and it could potentially give me more money as well even though I don't want to stretch it that way um so You know, I caution people to be careful in what they're doing if they're trying to flip right away, because I have the feeling this World Cup is going to be much like the NFL is on a week to week basis where you see players perform perform at a certain level and their prices increase and drop significantly based on their performance in one game. So tread carefully, just have fun doing it. I myself, I've only bought into one Prism break. Recently and that's because it was 17 bucks. I ended up getting Uruguay, which wasn't a bad move Um, so Be careful. Just have fun. Enjoy yourselves and um, You know, I'm gonna try to create a group for the World Cup where we can do a contest and maybe I'll give away a slab or something um, On the FIFA page. I'm gonna set that up today and kind of blast that out to folks to join uh, the group so we can have a competition. You basically pick the group winner first and second, and then you go to the knockout stages, the quarter final, et cetera, all the way through a bracket. And we'll see who wins the whole thing. Maybe we'll throw in a slab. I haven't decided what slab I'll give away, but I'll give away a slab. Um, so guys, I appreciate everybody listening to this episode. Kind of different uh, having to record this throughout the week with different pieces for it. But I think uh, it presents a little content value for you guys. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on what I, was thinking about my groups. Uh, My bracket may change based not on what I said here, but I may change it based on what I read about these teams and what they're going through in their camps right now in preparation. So guys, remember, follow me on Instagram at special one cards, shoot me a message, say hi, whatever. You got questions, let me know. If you're looking for any particular cards, I might have them. Hit me up. I'll see if I do have them give me a follow on whatnot as well. I'm on there occasionally, like I said, and then I do post some cards on my stories that are for sale. And I wanna stress something to you guys. The stuff I post on my stories is stuff that I might have extras of. So for example, today, somebody from Portugal bought my Pedri and my Sun Refractor Tops Chrome, uh, both PSA 10s, I have duplicates of those. So I put stuff on there, not because I'm pumping and dumping, but because I can afford to Move those things to try to cover my original investment in those cards and in the other slabs that I have. So don't ever feel like I'm trying to hurt anybody, all right? All right, guys, I appreciate your time, and I look forward to comments. I look forward to creating this contest for you guys. I'll be posting that later today. Enjoy the episode.